forget that the simple gesture of putting a book in someone's hands can change a life. I want to remind you that it can. Kate DiCamillo Welcome to Angry Typewriter, a podcast about writing and the writing life. I'm Paul, and today we're going to discuss something that's pretty specific to authors who are independently published. Consignment. Most people understand the concept of consignment in relation to, say, selling clothing at a vintage clothing shop. You take your clothes there, you place it with the shop, they sell them, hopefully, and then you get part of the money for the sale. What most people don't know is that the same concept exists in book selling. Now you may be thinking, hang on a second, if you publish a book, isn't it automatically available in a bookstore? Well, the answer to that is absolutely not. Even sometimes for traditionally published authors, but certainly not for indie published authors. Let me back up a minute and explain how books end up on the shelves of your local bookstore. As is the case with any brick and mortar store, there's a limited amount of space in which to house items. It's true for clothing stores, it's true for grocery stores, it's true for bookstores. So the bookstore owner, if it's an independent shop, or even the buying department of somewhere like Barnes & Noble, has a limited amount of space to work with when deciding which titles to carry. When the items to choose from include every book ever published, It's a Herculean task knowing which ones to carry in your shop that will both represent what your shop is about, offer a broad range of titles to the reading public, and actually sell so that you can keep the doors open. The two main book distributors, Ingram and Baker and Taylor, as well as every individual publisher of books, tries to help you out by giving you a list of titles that are selling or have been selling well in other parts of the country across a long period of time, at least for your backlist. Your backlist is going to be books that weren't published in the last year. For books published in the past year, they tend to hype the ones that they think are going to be big. When I was a bookseller, what I would do is pull up the ordering pages of the various distributors and publishers and make what amounted to a giant wish list. I'd click off every book that I would love to carry in my store. Then you look at how much that costs and whittle it down a little bit. Then you look at how much space you actually have and whittle it down a lot. 
you ask yourself questions like, do I need two copies of the new Sylvia Plath biography or three? Do I carry an entire section of Hemingway or is it just going to sit on the shelves? Because even though I love Hemingway, not everyone does. On a side note, be very suspicious of people who don't love Hemingway and even more suspicious of people who love Faulkner. Beyond individual titles, you also have to consider how big each section of your bookstore is. For example, sports sections, if a bookstore has them at all, will almost always be very small. And for sports books, the only ones that really sell are golf and baseball. A lot of people love cookbooks, but cookbooks don't sell that well, typically, unless it's a really well-known chef, because people get all the recipes online now. Why would you have a cookbook when you can pull up a YouTube video of someone actually preparing the dish while you're doing it? The space calculation is really crucial to the success of your business because for every book by Bobby Flay that takes up space on a shelf there's not space for Michelle Obama's autobiography which is going to fly out of the stores at least in the first few months after it's published and that's the dilemma of book selling it's about books it's about art but it's also about business if you can't sell the books you can't keep the store open so you walk a tightrope between carrying books that are new and unusual people may have never heard of that will expand their minds and make the world a better place and carrying books that will actually help the store turn a profit and be able to continue to offer those other books. The very best independent bookstores try to do both by finding great books, especially great books that you might not know about, and hand selling them, which is simply the process of letting people know when they come in the store, hey, you should check out this book. It's really great. Even in the internet age, word of mouth is huge. But even doing that, you sometimes have to offer the latest Nicholas Sparks or Dan Brown, along with the really great stuff, in order to keep yourself in the black. So what does any of that have to do with independent authors and the consignment process? I'm glad you asked. Indie published books, as the name suggests, are books that were published independently rather than through one of the main publishing houses like Penguin or Random House or even one of the small university presses. Some people still refer to them as self-published, but that's a term that we've gotten away from for a lot of reasons. One reason is that, particularly before the advent of ebooks, if you were self-published, it meant that you paid a 
vanity publisher a fairly large amount of money to print a book for you and then it pretty much never went anywhere it was a vanity project thankfully such publishers or piranhas if you want to call them what they really are are going the way of the dodo in the internet age because you can now use Ingram Spark, Amazon Direct Publishing, and any number of other platforms to publish a book yourself. And while, yes, it is technically still self-publishing, independent publishing really describes it better. When an unknown band releases their own EP and it starts getting airplay, No one calls that a self-published album. And when Kevin Smith made Clerks, it wasn't considered a self-produced movie. It was an indie film. In film, indie is considered cutting edge and innovative and cool. But for whatever reason, when it comes to books, indie has always gotten a bad rap. Again, thankfully, that's starting to change because with places like Ingram Spark, Amazon Direct Publishing, and the others, you can produce a very professional book in a way that you never could before. Now, you still need editors, you still need cover designers, unless you're creatively bent and can do that yourself. But the fact is, you can put out a book yourself that is of just as high quality as what Random House is putting out. You can stick any of my books on a shelf between Wilkie Collins and Joseph Conrad and from a professional design standpoint you're not going to be able to tell that it didn't come from a major publisher. That's also the only time you're going to hear Wilkie Collins, Joseph Conrad and me mentioned in the same sentence. So if all that's true, why aren't indie published books showing up automatically on the shelves of your bookstore? Well, I'm going to explain that when we come back. And I'm also going to look at whether consignment is something you should consider as an indie published author. to our discussion about indie published books and the consignment process. So if, as we discussed earlier, indie published books are more professional than they've ever been before, why aren't they showing up on bookstore shelves? Well, as we also discussed, there are a lot of books to choose from. And the first hurdle that any indie published book or indie published author has to overcome is the fact that all of those publishers catalogs and ordering sites and everything else that I mentioned that I personally would wade through back when I had a bookstore don't list indie published books among the ones they offer with the exception of books published through Ingram Spark which will show up in a separate catalog specifically as 
indie published books. You may think, well, great then, I'll just go through Ingram and I won't have to worry about consignment. But it's not that simple. Because even though they will show up there, typically the discount rate that the bookseller receives is much worse than on a traditionally published book. Here's what that means. A bookseller pays a publisher or distributor a certain percentage of the retail cover price of a book in order to sell it in their store. To keep the numbers easy, let's just say that for the latest bestseller, the bookseller pays the publisher 60% of the retail cover price to purchase the book. If they order multiple copies, that percentage improves. And if you're someone like Target or Walmart, who's buying tens of thousands of copies of the latest bestseller, that percentage drops dramatically, which is why they can offer it at such a lower price. For many indie published books, however, the percentage that the bookseller pays to the publisher is typically around 75% and sometimes as high as 90%. Even with the 75%, it's only giving them a 25% margin on the book. So on a $20 book, the most they can possibly make is $5. After expenses and payroll and everything else, that's not a very good margin. Also, in some cases with indie published books, they can't be returned to the publisher for credit. That plays a big part because the ability to return books that don't sell for credit towards getting other books is one of the few advantages that booksellers have over a lot of other retail establishments. And then there's just the fact of having to wade through another catalog but this time with books by authors you've never heard of. So you're just not really sure where to start. It's kind of like throwing darts at a board. All of that is in the enviable situation of having your book actually appear in a catalog. If you're not going through Ingram Spark, you're not showing up anywhere. Sure, there are some sites that list the top-selling independently published books, but those are more for readers than for booksellers, because booksellers already have enough to do without looking through multiple websites for what indie published book happens to be selling at the time, and they also don't know exactly how many copies that really means. Which brings us finally to consignment. I know you're thinking, what took you so long? But I think the backstory needed to be told. Many, certainly not all, but many independent bookstores offer a consignment program to local independent authors. Indie bookstores have been at the forefront of the shop local movement for years. And supporting independent authors is part of that process. So what they'll do is offer indie authors the opportunity to get their books on their bookshelves, usually for a small stocking fee, 
in a percentage similar to what the publisher would get. What that means in general, and I say in general because each store has its own consignment program and they can vary widely, but there are some pretty consistent numbers to go along with all of them. An author would pay, say, a $50 stocking fee, which is a one-time fee, for the bookstore to carry three to five copies of their book. If you have multiple books, it's still just a one-time $50 fee, because then you're in their system. That $50 may seem high, but it really isn't, because they do have to enter your information in their point-of-sale system. They do have to actually stock the book, and then it may sit there for a while, taking up space that would have otherwise been taken up by another book that might have sold faster. When the book sells, the bookstore takes their percentage of the sale price and pays the rest out to the author. Normally, either monthly or quarterly. Now here's where the financial calculation shifts from the bookstore to the author. You have to ask yourself if that $50 stocking fee is going to be worth it. I said that it wasn't that high when you look at it from the standpoint of the bookseller, but from the standpoint of the author, you have to do some calculations. Once again, to keep the numbers simple, if after your cost for producing the book and the percentage that you pay to the bookseller when it sells works out to a $5 profit per book for you as the author, that means that right out of the gate, you have to sell at least 10 copies of your books just to recoup the $50 stocking fee. For some authors, maybe deep down for all authors, $50 is a small price to pay to see your book on a bookshelf of a local bookstore, even if none of them ever sell. But realistically, you can't do that for very long. Just like with booksellers, that's where the conflict between art and business crash headlong into each other. There are a couple of other things you need to know if you're looking to consign your books to a local bookstore. The first is that most, again, this is general, but most local bookstores will only accept independent books from local authors. And local can vary depending on who the bookseller is. Local might mean within a certain radius of their city. It might mean authors only from their state. But for most, what it means is if you live in Delaware, you're probably not going to get your book in a consignment program in the state of Washington. In reality, that makes sense for both you and the bookseller. One of the things that helps them sell an independently published book is the local angle. Someone who lives in Austin is far more likely to purchase a book 
from an author who lives in Austin than they are one who lives in Seattle. For the author, the cost of shipping those books from Seattle to Austin dramatically increases the cost just for getting that book on the shelves and makes it less worth it in a lot of ways. I'll explain more about that in just a minute. The other thing to consider, and this is if your books are published through Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing, is that a lot of independent bookstores will not carry a book with the Amazon imprint as the publisher. If you publish a book through Kindle Direct Publishing, or KDP, you have the choice of publishing it completely for free and having Kindle Direct Publishing or Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing listed on the copyright page as the publisher. Your other option is to pay the $25 local fee to set up a doing business as name and creating your own publishing house and then paying the $100 or so fee for an ISBN, which is the identification number that you see on a copyright page, and publishing the book under that publishing house. It sounds goofy. It might even sound a little deceitful, but it's really neither of those things. The booksellers know that it was published through Amazon. They just don't want something that says Amazon on their shelves. And given what Amazon has done to local booksellers over the last two decades, I don't see how you can really blame them. Plus, there's something kind of cool about being both an author and a publisher. So go ahead and set that up and eliminate that one objection that a bookseller is going to have to carrying your book before it ever comes up. So say that you've decided the stocking fee is worth it, everything's set, and you've found some local bookstores that will carry your book on consignment. Do you just pay your fee, drop off the books, and sit back while the money rolls in? Absolutely not. In our next segment, I'm going to tell you what you need to do to make it a success. So what can you do to make your consignment successful? both for you as an author and for the bookseller. Because after all, you are in a symbiotic relationship. It's one of those cases, to quote Bruce Springsteen, where nobody wins unless everybody wins. To start out with, learn what their consignment process is, how you submit your books. Do you fill out a form online? send it in and wait to hear back? Do you go by and talk to them individually? What is it they want? Because you're asking them to carry your book 
So don't be a jerk. Don't go in and drop 10 copies on the table and say, hey, this thing's awesome. It's the greatest thing since Dickens and you really need to be carrying this. And you're making a huge mistake if you don't. That's the quickest way to get shown the door. Always start with the local bookstore that you personally frequent. And you better be frequenting your local bookstore. You want to start there because you know them. And hopefully they know you as a loyal customer. Also, it's your local bookstore. You're going to know other people in the area. Your family's going to be in the area. Things like that. That matters in your first consignment program. Maybe they don't offer a consignment program yet. Talk to them about starting one. Talk to them about the benefits of starting one. And point them to other successful programs that there are around the country. One of the best things, and frankly, one of the smartest things you can do, is offer to hold a reading and signing of your book at their store. Now you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm completely unknown. Why would they even care about me having a signing? And why would they want me to? I mean, I'm, I'm not famous. Well, the fact is, big name authors are doing fewer and fewer book signings these days, partly because they can get all the publicity they need through social media and advertising. So David Sedaris may make one stop in the entire state of Michigan at Literati in Ann Arbor. Or when Bruce Springsteen's autobiography came out, the only store he went to in the entire state of Texas was Book People in Austin. The downside to this for booksellers and the advantage for you as an independent author is that that means fewer and fewer events designed to help bring people into the store. And that's what booksellers need more than anything. You need people in the door. People who go into bookstores are going to buy books. The hard part is getting them into the bookstore in the first place. Especially when you can sit back in your underwear and order every book you've ever wanted from Amazon. Because we are, by nature, lazy people. So while you may not be famous, if you can show that bookseller that you can get 50, 75, maybe up to 100 of your best friends and family into their bookstore on a Tuesday night, which would normally be unbelievably slow, that's going to be of interest to them. Not just because they hope that they'll sell 50 to 75 to 100 copies of your book, but because they know people will buy other copies of books in their store. And you'll also get people in the store that might not have ever been there before. New customers are always a good thing. You'll want to be able to show them a detailed plan for promoting the event to everyone you know on all of your social media platforms. And you want to get their commitment to do the same on theirs. Now, they're probably going to want to do that anyway, because again, they want people in their store. But the advantage to you as an author 
is that in most cases, their following, especially locally, is already going to be much higher than yours. And if you can get that 100 people into the store, there's another benefit that extends well beyond your local area. Booksellers love to send out pictures of a full bookstore on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of their social media platforms. There's just something really cool about shooting out pictures of your store packed to the rafters with people. I said that their social media reach probably extends well beyond yours and it definitely extends to a very specific audience that you want to reach. Booksellers follow other booksellers. So if I happen to be doing a signing of my book, Writer in Residence, yeah, that was a shameless plug, but it's my podcast. If I happen to be doing a signing of that book in, say, a local bookstore outside Oklahoma City, and the store's packed with people, that bookseller is going to tweet out those pictures, and they're going to be seen by the bookstores that follow them in Seattle, in L.A., Phoenix, in Boston, all over the country. At the very least, this means that all of those bookstores will suddenly have heard of you and heard of your book. In a best-case scenario, they might retweet it out to all of their followers. So you've got a whole lot of new readers that now know about you. And in an even better case, they might order copies of your book to sell in their store. And let's be honest, even if you can't get 100 people there, even if you only get 20 there, plus the handful of people that were already in the store that have no idea who you are, you're still sharing your book with the world no matter how small that piece of the world may be. And that's why you wrote it in the first place. So you can look at consignment as a promotional tool as much as anything else. So I encourage you to look into the consignment programs of your local bookstores. It might start a ripple that extends far beyond anything you ever imagined. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Angry Typewriter. I hope it's been both informative and entertaining, especially for you writers out there. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I hope you'd also consider clicking on the Support This Podcast link on the Anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep these episodes coming, and it will also go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.